Greetings, Earthlings. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to KSKQ, broadcasting from Ashland, Oregon. And the show that you are currently listening to is Dream Infringement. That's right. Dream Infringement is a super squad of three friends who all happened to find out at the same time that they loved radio and they always had a dream of hosting a radio show uh, that people could listen to and find delight in and be entertained by playing music just for you, for the listeners. And once we found that all found that out, we decided to start a radio show. So of course, the next step would be where do we broadcast our radio show well we found out that the community radio station kskq they were always interested in some new talent in uh people to uh volunteer as programmers and that's what we did and the rest is history if you want to know the end of the story listen to our show which if you've started listening to it right now at this point then half the battle has already been won by you you found you found us by tuning in to KSKQ, and it's guaranteed to entertain. We tell stories and pick songs based on a weekly theme, and this week our theme is the moon. That's right, the moon. Emily, would you like to expound on what this theme is? Is it just the moon as a concept? The moon as a physical subject, the moon as a metaphysical subject. What what would you like to uh what would you like to say about this theme? It's it's all of it. Um this week's theme was chosen by Jennifer and I think she explains a little bit more um in her her one of her stories. Um why we chose this theme but i will say that it's because um the month of august is a blue moon month so you've heard the term once in a blue moon it's happening now it's it's i don't want to go into too much detail in case she does um but yeah it's that's why that's that was the inspiration so we're just going to talk about all things related to the moon. There's a lot of content. Maybe there will be a part two someday because I feel like my head is is swimming with with um, moon ideas. Yeah, and and really like just to create a stream of thought about the moon, which I I feel that this theme deserves to to uh, start out with. You know, the moon is the most one of the most noticeable outer space entities that mankind has been able to observe from the surface of the earth i mean the moon is something that we got a closer look at as we developed space travel and then landed on the moon and were able to like actually walk on it and put footprints on it and plant a flag and pick up some rocks and take some home uh really was like the furthest road trip that anyone ever took but before we were able to actually walk on the moon we observed it for like thousands of years observed it 
created stories about it, imagined what it would be like to touch the moon, what it actually was. So the moon has sparked so many amazing uh, folklore and, and, and mythologies and, and stories and, and uh, sparked the imagination of mankind for, for so, so long. And if you think about it, the other noticeable outer space entity that we would have been aware of, an obvious one, is the sun. But between the two, the sun, uh, it, it seems so unreachable. Does the sun scare you, Emily? Yeah, I really like, I don't really want more to do with it than I already have. Right. And the sun seems so, so like uh, interesting and awe-inspiring like it seems like a powerful star like you can actually feel its power when the sun is shining on a summer day you can feel it on your skin and you can even like get burned by it all the way here on the surface of planet earth but the interesting thing about the moon is it's hard to see its its effects because they're not obvious like you can stand in moonlight and you're not going to get burned. You can look at the straight at the moon and it's not going to like mess your eyes up, but you can't stare at the sun. We all know that. We learned that through the eclipse. Even with the sun being eclipsed by the moon, it still was powerful enough to damage your eyes. But the moon is powerful. There's amazing things that it does. It affects us physically here on earth. And there are a lot of amazing things that it's able to to inspire when it comes to stories. And you will see that in tonight's episode. Um, one of the things that I wanted to say was that um, there's this clip of, I think it's Isaac Mizrahi, who's like a, a uh, designer. And he's on like a home shopping network uh, show. And then he and this other, this woman start to have a debate on like what the moon is. That's what it is. And um, I think that, I can't remember what, what they are saying, but it's wrong. I think they're saying it's a planet or a star. It's not a planet or a star. And I looked it up because then I was like, well, what is it? And it's classified as a natural satellite. Wow. Yeah, and it's the second brightest object in our night sky. That's incredible. So many things you will learn about the moon. So many things that maybe you already know about the moon. For that, we think you're an awesome person because the moon should be known. With that said, we are going to introduce our first of many songs that we have chosen for this week's theme. The first song is by a band called Iron and Wine, and that song is... Half Moon. Halfway home in the hilltop trees And all our footprints in the snow And the evening glow Leaving Such a happy, beautiful, rich... This kind of looks like what the Earth looks like when you're a bazillion miles away from the planet. Yes, I just pointed at it. From the right. moon, looking from back at the planet Earth. Moon. From the planet Moon. From the planet Moon. Star. No, the Moon is the planet, darling. Sun, the Sun is a star. 
Is well, the moon really a planet? The moon is a planet. Don't honey. look at me like that. It's the sun a, is a, a star. Planet. Is the sun not a star? I don't know what the sun is. The sun is, is a star, what isn't it? The sun is. The, the sun, sun is, is a star. star. The moon is not the a planet. I knew it. I knew it. Excuse you were trying me? to take me no. down that road. Oh, wait, the I, moon is not a planet. Chunky, if you're listening to this me, you have to Google the moon. Someone, I can guarantee you, someone's Googling right now. Because I knew it was not a planet. All right. So what you just heard there was not a hallucination that you were having because of the mushrooms and the salad that you ate. It was, in fact, these two Home Shopping Network hosts. And they were having a hard time with something. Emily, would you like to expound? Well, yeah, this is the clip I was talking about at the beginning with um, the designer, Isaac Mizrahi, and this lady from, I think it's QVC, and they're showing a, a, a green blouse, and it reminds her of the Earth, looking at the Earth from outer space, and then it just turns into complete chaos over over what the moon is, and it's a real um, rollicking debate that turns scary a couple times. It's funny that these like planets and satellites, I guess, and uh, stars and whatnot, that they do spark so much debate because, you know, Pluto was at one point a planet and then it became what? I, I'm not sure. Well, and see, that's what I mean. Like no one, everybody thinks they know or they like to think that they know Okay, like what the scientists or the or the space the space scientists have all have landed on. I don't know what you call it the the like outer space outer space professional uh, planet labelers. We all would like to think that we know, and the folks at NASA, the folks at NASA, the you know the people at NASA, they. We'd like to think that we know ex like the, the cutting edge information that they have to offer about planets and stars and satellites and what are what. Uh, but in the end, we don't really know. And in the end, they're really just labels. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the moon is a satellite. It is, but isn't it? Yes. It is, but is it? Oh no, we're sparking another debate. Well, I just I guess I just I just think that uh we as humankind we get too hung up on label labels. And this is coming off of just reading like a, a DM that Jennifer sent to me and Emily saying she loves labels. She she thrives off of labels. But I'm saying my my question is when it comes to outer space entities. I think I can comfortably say that without creating an uproar. But when it comes to outer space entities, are labels really necessary? I'll just leave that right there and introduce Jennifer's piece. Jennifer, take it away! Please. Today I discovered that there is a website called the Medieval Disability Glossary run by the Society for the Study of Disability in the Middle Ages. There's a common theme across many, many different languages. In Old English, 
the term moonsick occurs most frequently as an adjective meaning insane, deranged, or epileptic. Lunatic is sort of a Latin take on moonsickness, and it really didn't have a psychological connection until way later. Pliny the Elder, because of course, argued that the full moon induced individuals to lunacy and epilepsy by the effects of nocturnal dew. And until at least the 1700s, it was common to believe that the moon induced fevers, rheumatism, and other such illnesses. By the 1800s, the word lunatic was used to describe a person who was sometimes of good and sound memory and mind and sometimes not. I know when I used to work at the courthouse, the day after the full moon, the bailiffs would get antsy because we expected the uptick. My grandmother worked in a hospital in a maternity ward and she also felt like things got chaotic and more babies were born during the full moon. We all think this is a thing. The gravitational pull of the moon is turning tides. Why can't it mess around a little bit with the human brain, right? Well, there's been some research. In a 2019 review of nearly 18,000 medical records from different facilities, they found the same thing. There was no relationship between lunar cycles and the length of hospital stays, the number of inpatient admissions or discharges at psychiatric facilities. Researchers in a 2017 study analyzed emergency room records at an 140-bed hospital and found that people visited the ER because of a psychiatric condition in roughly equal numbers during all phases of the moon. Another study in 2021, researchers followed 529 females through six menstrual cycles and found no association between lunar phases and the onset of menstrual cycles. They didn't find that a full moon caused more babies to be born either. Even so, for decades and apparently centuries, people have persisted in believing that there are more assaults, traumas, and self-harm during full moon periods. But the researchers have spoken, they have reviewed the records, they've conducted the studies, and have found no correlation between a full moon and an increase in these human behaviors. That's right, they have proclaimed that the moon is not guilty, that it's completely innocent of almost all wrongdoing. A study did find that people fell asleep later and slept less overall on the nights before the full moon. They have given us that, our sleep isn't as great. I would posit that by not doing anything during what we all so clearly believe that it should be doing something, that it is in fact psychosomatically affecting us all. The world is under a shared mass delusion, so we have become in the end lunatics driven mad by the lack of being driven mad. It still is the moon's fault. I feel like that is reason enough. <laughs> the moon did it. People are crazier. <laughs> More babies are being born. I refuse to hear any different. The song that I'm going to be playing is by Cat Stevens. This is Moon Shadow. Tonight I'm being followed by a moon shadow. Moon 
shed on the shadow Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow Moon shadow, moon shadow As we mentioned earlier, our theme this week was inspired by the blue moon happening this month. And you may be wondering, what is a blue moon? What does that mean? Well, typically we use the term once in a blue moon to describe something that doesn't happen very often. But an actual blue moon is um, fairly common in astronomical terms. So a blue moon actually has nothing to do with the color of the moon. Instead, it has everything to do with the timing of full moons during the year. So typically blue moons come only about every two or three years. Um, But in 2018, we actually had two blue moons in one year and only two months apart. And that one of those was a lunar eclipse. Um, so the next time we'll get two blue moons in the same year will be in 2037. Uh, how old will I be then? I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this month we is a blue moon month. I don't know if that's the correct phrasing, but we have a blue moon this month and it's happening on Wednesday, a blue moon is being had by all. And a merry blue moon to you. Um, so that's going to happen Wednesday. I don't know if we'll be able to see it because of smoke. Um, but that's just a little background info uh, on on blue moon and the theme this week. It's also worth mentioning that. The blue moon situation happening on Wednesday um, is also a super moon. So if we can see it, then then we will. And it'll be super. I'm really um, bummed out about the smoke, everyone. I just like I cannot uh, stop thinking about it and obsessing over it and when it will go away. I don't know why this year has been so difficult for me in that regard. Well, you know what? There's actually a really good, uh, like a mental health coping device that you can think about. And this has been helpful for me. Uh, Although we cannot, we cannot control the wind and perhaps the wind will blow the smoke away, which is great but it's going to blow the smoke away onto someone else. And that's a difficult concept to acknowledge, I guess, because we're rejoicing, but someone else is cursing at that fact. But when the smoke is here and you can't see the moon, although it may be in its bluest, most beautiful form, it's there still. The smoke might be here, But the moon above the smoke is still there, looking beautiful and being its moony self. And that's the thing with mental health is it might be depressing. It might be anxiety inducing. But just above that, there's all the other feelings that you have. You can feel those two things at the same time. 
And I think that that is comforting. You can be upset that the smoke is here, but also experience joy like playing a board game in the house with your family or listening to your favorite radio show. Because we still make good radio even though there's smoke around. And I think that history proves that in that we have made a lot of really cool shows <laughs> during the summer when the smoke is really heavy. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I have some moon facts. And while the moon may not scientifically, it might not be able, they may not be able to scientifically prove that the moon affects like our moods or, you know, that kind of stuff. But the moon does affect nature. And there's science to prove it. So one of these um, things is that uh, it affects birds, specifically petrels. It's an endangered seabird that breeds on the island of Reunion in the Indian Ocean. The petrels time their pre- and post-breeding migrations by length of the day, waiting until it reaches 12 and a half hours before setting off. Their arrival dates at the breeding grounds vary each year, but the birds always arrive together at the full moon. This suggests that they use both the moon and the length of day to synchronize their migrations. Um, I think it's pretty well known that the moon affects the tides. It's perhaps the most observable effect of the moon on the earth. And yeah, one that most of us uh, recognize. There's also a type of plant. Um, it's called a joint pine or Mormon tea. It's a gymnosperm, and it's a group of ancient flowerless plants that rely on insects for pollination. Without flowers or other lures, the joint pine has developed an unusual technique to get the attention of potential pollinators. In bright moonlight, each little cone produces droplets of fluid to help stick its pollen to passing insects. These droplets sparkle under polarizing light, moonlight, creating a glittering, disco-like display that draws beetles and other nocturnal insects to the plant. The moon even directs dung beetles. Did you know that? Wow. I learned... Probably a fact about it about dung beetles like every once in a while, and I'm always delighted by dung beetle facts because it it really like kind of takes like I realize how layered dung beetles are just like as a creature they really are. So dung beetles use the polarization pattern of moonlight and the way it scatters through the atmosphere to navigate in a straight line. Um, there was some research done in a lab in Sweden where scientists placed dung beetles under non-polarizing artificial light and discovered that they traveled in circles. So dung beetles rely on polarization patterns specific to moonlight in order to navigate and orientate themselves and travel safely home. And apparently there's an issue with growing light pollution around the world and species of nocturnal behaviors that are dependent on moonlight. Um, they're having it obscured by other light sources and that causes some trouble for our natural 
environment. Because we're like daytime beings. We're not thinking about the nighttime beings. We're like, oh, we need more light. We need more light. It's messing everything up. We're all connected. Aren't we? Aren't we, though? Well, those have been um, some moon facts and maybe some conversation starters um, that you can use or just some fun things to sprinkle into conversations with your friends or when you're feeling like you don't know what to say. You can be like, fun fact about dung beetles oh, and yeah. then fill in the, the rest. They're going to think you're like the coolest person in their friend group. So cool. All right. Here's a song by Lord Huron. It is Harvest Moon. But there's a full moon rising. Let's go. Hi there. So, Bobby speaking. I wanted to do a piece on one of my favorite bands, and that band is the Smashing Pumpkins. It's a band that has evolved over the years. They're still making music, but one of the most uh, prolific prolific songs and music videos i think of of all time is uh the song tonight tonight by the smashing pumpkins and the reason why i am speaking about this particular song is because they do something that has to do with the moon uh they uh decided to play pay homage to the French film pioneer, and I may butcher this last name, but it's George Malay. Uh, Malay. Uh, they created this 1996 music video, Tonight Tonight, um, and they, the um, the creatives that were behind the music video. Uh, were inspired by one of the Smashing Pumpkins albums, uh, which reminded them of a silent film. And of course, the silent film made by the artist that I just spoke of, the French film, uh, pioneer George Melee, uh, he created this film in 1902 called A Trip to the Moon and the Extraordinary Voyage. And we've all, on, on some level, are aware of elements from that movie, uh, that silent film. And one of the, one of the, the you know, the, the scenes that go through time uh, that will continue to inspire uh, so many filmmakers is in, in its simplicity and its practical effects is the scene of the moon. And in that scene, uh, there is like a person that they that they kind of like put into a moon mold uh, their face. You could YouTube it if you wanted to see what it looked like. And 
the uh, um, the spaceship that they take this like rocket that they take uh, to the moon. It lands like in the uh, in the moon's eye, and uh, and it's like this really disgruntled uh, moon face. He's very frustrated and he seems kind of angry. Uh, but but anyways, they they use that. They kind of build on that concept. And and the the music video uh, tonight tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins is just so uh, beautifully done and uh, beautifully beautifully done. And uh, the music uh, video directors Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris uh, again they were inspired by uh, the art for melancholy and the infinite sadness that was the album by the smashing pumpkins uh it reminded them of a silent film and uh the music video actually went on to win uh six awards at the mtv music video awards in 1996 it won video of the year breakthrough video best direction in a video uh, directors of this video were Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris and the best special effects in the video. The special effects were done by Chris Staves, the best art direction in a video. The art director was KK Barrett and Wayne White, who actually worked on Pee Wee's Playhouse uh, as one of the uh, creatives and artists behind some of the cool like practical effects and puppets and and uh, just like amazing art that you see in that series, Pee-wee's Playhouse. And then the music video won Best Cinematography in a Video, uh, by the, uh, of which the director of photography was Declan Quinn. So it was just uh, an incredibly uh, moving video, uh, not just of its time, but continues to be. So... Uh, if you feel like it, give it a give it a spin. Check it out. You could find it on YouTube and watch the video and be inspired and 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 be moved to, to think the thing that I have thought, which is that uh, good art still exists. There was good art in 1902. There was good art in 1996. And uh, I'm sure if you sniff around somewhere on YouTube, you're going to find something that's equally moving and touching and inspiring and inspired by beautiful pieces of art that exist long before its time. So here is Smashing Pumpkins with Tonight Tonight. Enjoy this beautiful tune. Recently, I read that India has become the fourth country to land something successfully on the moon. Not people, but a lander named Vikram and a rover named Pragyan. And I thought, huh? India has moon money? Like, why go to the moon? I, to my thinking, and I know not everyone feels this way, the moon really is only interesting in that it is a planet that we see almost every night. Um, it's very far away 
it's an impressive feat that we rocketed ourselves or anything there, but objectively speaking, beyond the lack of gravity, it's kind of grayish and dusty and from what I've heard smells weird. So like why 54 years after the original landing was India like the moon? <laughs> we have to go there. So I'm going to do a little research and answer these questions of mine and take you along uh, on that journey. <laughs> so firstly I learned that they've been the first ones to successfully land on the south lunar pole. They had a previous crash landing and then Russia and Japan recently crashed there as well and apparently everyone is in this mad dash to explore the south lunar pole because there have been signs that there's water there and if there's water there they can do science to it and make it viable rocket fuel which would make the moon <laughs> to my understanding you know like when you try and fly out of Medford and you have that layover in Denver, uh, they can set up a base and then you just have a layover on the moon to other planets and space things. My favorite part of this story is that India has approached this whole process very, very economically minded. Their space industry is privatized and they have a quote, have earned a reputation for world beating cost competitiveness in space engineering. Their previous crash, the Chandrayaan 2, cost about 46 million and this one that made the successful landing, the Chandrayaan 3, had a budget of 75 million. To put this in perspective, NASA has for this fiscal year a moon budget of 8.1 billion dollars but about a 26 billion dollar budget for all of NASA for the fiscal year. It kind of reminded me of this joke about how you can tell the difference between east and west coast people that if you compliment someone on their clothing on the east coast they'll be like thank you but if it's the west coast they're like Oh, you like this? Really? I got this for $9 at Ross. The value is increased by the deal. Whereas for some people, it's decreased if someone else knows that it was cheap. The value is in the perception of it being an expensive thing. And I am a West Coast girl. I will tell you my clothing budget. I actually am embarrassed if I had to spend full price on anything. So India is really speaking to my budget-loving soul with their approach to cost-cutting, and I approve of that. So anyway, that's why India was on the moon, and they're going to be doing some sun exploration, I mean as close as one can get to the sun, to get some new data about it. So that should be interesting, and Japan it says they're working on their landing technologies uh, apparently since the initial landing didn't go so well so yes landing technologies sounds like practical application you know what? I, I like the moon from a distance it's pretty and reflective and kind of comforting 
hovering above. I wish we had more moons, but I suppose the gravitational chaos that would yield would be bad. But yeah, India and the moon. So the song I am going to play is a cover of the Bruno Mars song, Talking to the Moon. However, this one is by an artist named Ashley Marina. I sit by myself Talking to the moon Trying to get to you Well, that wraps up our show for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We'll be back uh, next Monday with more stories and more songs based on a different theme. So you can look forward to that. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful night and a wonderful week. Good night. Saw me standing alone without a dream in my heart.